Hey, thanks for listening to David Hates Everything, the podcast. Uh, I haven't really been too good about getting these up consistently, so big shout out to Mitchell, a.k.a. TKO Scooby on Twitter for getting on me about putting them out and his uh, his unwavering support. Uh, so this week we're going to talk about, there's actually there's a lot to talk about. This is a pretty big, uh, big week in gaming. So Red Dead Redemption 2 had its reveal trailer. Uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon had a special demo that came out this week. We finally, finally saw the Nintendo NX. It's officially called the Switch. Uh, PlayStation VR is still very, very new. And we're going to hit on PlayStation Now and the Xbox One UI. Let's just kick things off with Red Dead Redemption 2. So Rockstar on Monday changed their logo and their background on Twitter, and everybody went nuts. I mean, I think the the tweet had like... 75,000 retweets in the span of 24 hours. I don't know. It was ridiculous. Um, And it all led up to their trailer coming out on Thursday. I was really disappointed by the trailer. I mean, I'm still going to get Red Dead Redemption 2 day one. Like, there's no question about that. But what a complete cock tease by, uh, by Rockstar. The trailer, I don't even know if it was like 30 seconds long. Barely showed anything. There's practically no gameplay at all it was all in engine um so there's not really a whole lot to say about it it looks like it's going to be a prequel to red dead redemption one it's going to follow john marsden and uh when he was with his crew with butch and them coming up as a gunslinger outlaw i'm sure it's going to be good it's by rockstar um i would pretty much buy any rockstar game sight unseen day one just because they make such good games and they do push a ton of content out like gta 5 is still getting online support for free which is great they did announce also they're going to have a exclusive marketing campaign with playstation and that's going to mean and there, there's also going to be some delayed uh multiplayer stuff that'll come to playstation 4 first i know people on xbox are probably upset about that but Whatever. That's part of the business is getting exclusives. In this generation, Sony's done a hell of a lot better job of it than Microsoft. I mean, they pulled Call of Duty. Like, that's insane. Like, that was such a huge piece of Xbox 360 um, for, for Sony to get the Call of Duty stuff now. It's just nuts. So, uh, I, mean, I mean, it looks good. I mean, I don't know. It looks good as much as something that didn't show any gameplay can look good. And graphics were nice. It looked a lot like GTA V. Honestly, not a whole lot to say. I mean, the trailer ended with pre-order now. Don't pre-order now. Don't pre-order games. It's stupid. Unless it comes with something like really, really good for a pre-order bonus. And even then, you can almost always still get that stuff like a week after it comes out. So, um, just not a whole lot to say about Red Dead yet. It's coming out fall 2017. I'm sure they'll have more information for us soon. They've been uh, talking a lot about it's going to have some new online stuff. Which would be nice. I didn't think the online in Red Dead Redemption 1 was really that good. It's part of... One of the issues Rockstar has is that their controls are never quite as tight as you'd like. So even in Max Payne, like Max Payne single player played fantastically. But in multiplayer, the shooting is just not right. So we'll see what happens. But moving on from that, the Pokemon Sun and Moon demos finally came out. So everybody's gotten a chance to play those. Um... I thought they were pretty good. I've been a little burnt out on Pokemon. I did, I think in the last podcast I talked about, I started playing through uh, Soul Silver again recently. 
But I've, I've been kind of burnt out since Pokemon X. I didn't touch Omega Ruby or Alpha Sapphire, in part because I didn't like those games on Game Boy Advance. Like I, th- I think they're some of the weakest Pokemon games ever made, other than Diamond and Pearl. Diamond and Pearl are far and away worse than Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Those games were boring as hell. Um, Pokemon Sun and Moon's been looking pretty good, though. The new Pokemon designs are pretty nice. It seems interesting that you're going to have trials uh, to do progress through the world not really sure what that's going to do in regards to the traditional you know gym system they also added a poke finder which is supposed to be a lot like it's based i mean it's a camera but a lot of the early impressions were talking about it in the same way like uh, the nintendo 64's pokemon snap but in the demo at least you definitely didn't i didn't get that feel it just seemed like a lame camera uh, pokemon snap like you could throw apples at the Pokemon to get them to do tricks. You could, you know, lead them like Charmanders. You could lead them so they would fall into lava and then they would come out as uh, Charmeleons or Charizards, which was tight. At least in the demo, there's none of that. The graphics are really nice, really nice. Better than X and Y, even if it's not like substantial. Presentation value is much higher. The one drawback to that is I did notice some frame rate drop during the battles and again this is a demo so that could be totally fixed by the time the game comes out but honestly i don't i don't expect it will the interactions with the other people in the world seemed really improved over previous games and i i'm pretty excited for it I, i've been figuring i would get it when it came out um but was honestly considering waiting a couple weeks but one of the nice things about the demo is it gives you a greninja to use which has a special ability. It basically, once it knocks out one enemy, it becomes Ash Greninja, which bumps up the power of its attacks. And if you play through the demo, you can transfer the Ash Greninja over to the main game. So definitely pick up the demo, play it before the game comes out, so you can get that. Um, there's not a whole lot to do in the demo. I think you do like two battles and one challenge or one trial. The battling was cool. Um, the new enemies seemed nice. They had like really good music playing when the bad guys walked up they're a lot more animated than in past games everybody seems to have a lot more personality i've never been i mean i don't know how many people play pokemon games for the story um i've never really cared about the story in most games let alone a pokemon game i just like fighting stuff so but this one seems like it might have a deeper deeper lore than some of the past games so i'm pretty interested in that i'm excited to see how it comes out I don't know which version I'm going to get. I like the the Legendary in Sun. I think it looks way cooler than the Legendary in Moon. But I like some of the Moon Pokemon more than the Sun ones. This is probably the first time I've been unsure of which game I was going to get because of the exclusive Pokemon. Orangutans are dope, and there's an Orangutan Pokemon in uh, Moon, which would be really cool to get. But on the flip side, there's like this angry baboon football player guy in uh, Sun. So, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll probably end up getting Sun, but we'll see. Um, so, I'm going to talk about PlayStation VR just for a few minutes. I don't feel like I've played it enough yet to really give a great review of it. So, I'll probably have that coming out next week. But, I'm going to talk about a couple games that I do have reviews coming out for today on thecampuscitizen.com. I'll also have those up on my site, David Hates Everything. Um, Super Hypercube is really cool super hypercube is possibly my favorite vr game it's it's really trippy it's a puzzle game it's a very basic puzzle game where you have a cube you start with one cube and you have to get it through a hole in the in a wall that's approaching you 
And every time you get it through one wall, it adds a few cubes. So you start out with one cube, and then the next thing you know, you have like this L shape. And then the next time you have this H. And then the next time you just have this cluster of blocks, and you're just flipping it around and trying to get it in the right position to go through this wall. But the visuals are really, really trippy. And the way I described it in the blog, it's almost like floating through outer space in Tron. Um, or like like the 1970s shows when color TV was you know really becoming a thing, so they would try to do all these different colors and stuff. It's just a really nice game to look at and sort of be in, and something I'll probably use to show off VR to my friends and family because it's it's simple, it's easy to pick up. I compare it to uh, Tetris. There's not a whole lot of depth to it in terms of content. There's one game mode and online leaderboards, but that's really all there needs to be i mean i guess it would be cool if they put in like a versus multiplayer mode but i mean the high score the scoreboards basically serve that purpose it's 30 dollars, which honestly does feel a little steep for what it is um but it's it's one of the games you can sit there and just play for a couple hours and you won't even notice it it's very quick you get if you fail to get your uh, cubes through the wall twice you die that's it you gotta start over but it's very quick so you can just restart you know, right away and get to playing again. A lot of fun. I mean, great visuals. Probably probably the best visuals I've seen on VR so far. Um, the other game I got a review coming out for is Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. This is one of the most original games I've ever seen. So one player has uh, the VR headset on, and they can see the bomb, or they can they can see a bomb. And the other players who don't have the VR headset on, they have uh, a bomb defusal manual. And so the players have to communicate to each other. So the, the person looking at the bomb has to tell the, the experts, the people with the manual, um, what they're seeing. So like how many wires are there? What color are the wires? Are there three yellow, three black? Um, there's this sequence of buttons, you know, stuff like that. And the people with the manuals have to go through the bomb manual and figure out how to defuse the bomb, and then tell the person how to properly do that. It is really fun. It is, it's tense. You know, some of the bombs have five-minute timers. Some have three-minute timers. They have different numbers of components. You have to flip the bomb around. It's like sometimes it'll say, well, how many wires do you have? Five. Okay, are two of them yellow and one's black? Yes. All right, how many batteries does the bomb have? You're, you're flipping it around looking for the batteries. Okay, snip the third wire. Um it is one of the best role-playing games I've experienced uh, on both sides. When you have the manual and you're going through it, like you get into it, like you're sitting there and you're just like, how many, you know, how many wires are there? All right, you got to hit red, blue, yellow. Okay, hit these buttons in these sequence. And the person with the headset on, you know, shouting at you, oh, one minute left, 30 seconds left. And I mean, when you get the bomb diffused, it is really satisfying. Um, very fun game. It's 15 bucks. Can't recommend it highly enough. If you have PlayStation VR, check it out. It's also on PC, so if you have a Vive or an Oculus, give it a go. It's a very unique experience. Excellent party game. Although I do think it could get really annoying if you're playing with a bunch of drunk people, just because it's so communication heavy, that if you had like 10 fucking excuse me, if you had 10 drunk people just, you know, shouting at you, no, oh, do this, do that, that would get annoying really quickly. But playing it with a handful of people, or even if you had 10 people and, you know, splitting into teams and seeing who could defuse the bomb first, I think that could be a lot of fun. I've, I've had a great time with it. So uh, definitely, definitely check that out. 
So I just want to talk about uh, the Xbox One UI real quick. Maybe this should be like a, a, a feature or like a part of the show. It could be its own segment. Um, dumb NeoGAF threads. So somebody on NeoGAF today posted that the Xbox One user interface, basically it was like a big commercial for Microsoft where they were like, oh, the PS, the Xbox One's user face is so good. It's so easy to navigate. It's so fast. It's so quick. You can just find everything right away. There's so much more thought put into it than the PlayStation 4. And let me just stop you real quick because that's just utter not true like that's just total nonsense the xbox one user interface is the worst user interface of any console ever released and that's not my opinion that is an objective fact the xbox one user interface is utter trash nobody knows what's going to happen when they press a button on the xbox one user interface i've tried to find the game like it, it is so frustrating trying to do anything with that user interface. You can't find where your games are. You can't find where video is. Trying to go into the store is a pain in the ass. Everything is an app. Why is my friends list an app that has to take three seconds to load? It is unbelievably slow. The only thing slower than the Xbox One's user interface is the Xbox One's install times, which take hours. I've never bought an Xbox One game and played it the same day I purchased it, which is why I don't purchase games on the Xbox One. How Microsoft screwed up the Xbox One interface so, so horribly I will never understand. The 360 is the greatest console of all time, has one of the best menus of all time, is so easy and quick to navigate, everything makes sense where it is, and then you just have this clusterfuck on the Xbox One that makes, it's just, it's terrible. Anybody who says otherwise is either suffering from buyer's remorse, or they're just the biggest fanboy on earth. By no objective measure, is the Xbox One interface better than the PlayStation 4's? By no objective measure, is the Xbox One's interface better than any other console's interface? And I mean any other console's interface. It is a mess, it is slow, it is glitchy, and if you press B three times, who the hell knows where you're going to end up? So, I just wanted to talk about that real quick, because, that, God, that interface is terrible. And the funny part was, this person, I mean, I mean the post sounds and reads exactly like something like a Microsoft press release. Um, and everybody in the thread was just like, ah, no, you're wrong. Um, I mean, seriously, though, anybody trying to suggest that the Xbox One user interface is faster than the PlayStation 4, you are lying. Like, you're just, you are straight up lying. And you ain't lying to me, because I know it's not true. But you're lying to yourself and whoever doesn't have one, because, my God, it is, no. It is, it is one of the most cumbersome menu systems I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe, I mean, the, the original menu was built for the Kinect, and it sucked. It was even worse than the menu they have now, so they did improve it some. But I, I will never understand how they stopped having Kinect be mandatory, but they still built this horribly, just unorganized mess of a menu it's, it's insane. The Xbox One has been such a massive step backwards uh, from the Xbox 360 in almost every single possible way. It's just astounding. So that's the rant for the day. And maybe that should be a segment. Uh, it came from NeoGAF. That's what we'll call it. Since I don't, I don't post on NeoGAF, I applied for a membership, and I think I might have gotten it, and then I never posted it, so my account doesn't work. But 
I don't know. Whatever. That stuff sucks. Um, so since everybody's going to say that I, you know, I'm like a Sony fanboy, which is just the furthest thing from the truth, um, I guess I'll rip on Sony a little. So I've been wanting to play through Shadow of the Colossus for years. I don't. I honestly can't tell you why I haven't. Um, I got it at one point while I did have a PS3, uh, but I only had the PS3 very briefly. I got it for a real good deal from a friend, and then the Microsoft Store had a deal where you got like a hundred bucks for trading it in. So I traded that thing in right away because this was, you know, it wasn't going to keep its value much longer. Um, so I decided to try out PlayStation Now because. I have a seven-day free trial. I could do that, or I could go spend, you know, a hundred bucks on a PS3 and, you know, Shadow of the Colossus. So PlayStation Now is Netflix, but video games. You stream video games to your console. So on one hand, it's really cool because it doesn't take up hard drive space. You have access to like a couple hundred games, and these are like good games. Like there's some really, really good games. You got like Bioshock. Um, Skyrim, I don't know if you have Skyrim on there, but Red Dead Redemption's coming to it real soon. You know, Ultra Street Fighter 4. I mean, it's not, it's it's very good games. But the downside is because you're streaming over the internet, there is a little bit of a delay when you're using the controls, depending on how good your inter internet connection is. Now, I'll say for me, um, playing Shadow of the Colossus, I think works because there's not like a whole lot of split second responses needed. Something like Ultra Street Fighter 4, which I haven't tested yet, I cannot imagine that that plays particularly well because so much is relying on precision input. I, f I do feel like there's a slight delay, even if it's just a couple milliseconds when I play Shadow of the Colossus. Um, but so far, it's more than tolerable. Like I've, I haven't had any issues. I think I've beat seven of the Colossus... Colossi, excuse me. I think I've beat seven of the Colossi now. Um... And I've enjoyed it. It's worked pretty well. But, and this is a this is a huge but, I really want to like Shadow, or not Shadow of the Colossus, but PlayStation Now. I, I think it's a great idea. When I first heard about the service, I was like, oh, it's going to be excellent. Like, I'll totally get that. I'll pay for this access to all these great titles. But then they charge $20 a month. Like, they want 20 Sony wants $20 a month to play PlayStation 3 games on a PlayStation 4 or PC. You can stream it to your PC. And it is not worth that. Like, not even for a second. Um, not even close. $20 a month? Are you kidding me? That's like twice the price of Netflix, twice the price of who? For $20 a month? You're talking, how much is that? That's $240 a year. For $240... I could just go buy a PlayStation 3 and probably get most of the games that I would ever bother playing through the service for that PlayStation 3. And that's not to act like there aren't a bunch of good games on there. There are, but most of them I've already played and beaten. You know, I I want it so I can play Shadow of the Colossus, so I can play Ico, so I can play yeah, you know, the Jack and Dexter collection, things like that. But $20 a month is insane. Like that, That is just an absolutely... I, I and like that there's not how do they not have a package that includes PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now for like 10 bucks? I would absolutely 10 bucks a month? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Day one. Even if I didn't even play a PS3 game on it that month. 
I would get it just for that. I mean, you could stream PlayStation out of your Vita too. Like it's it's got a lot of really neat ideas going on. But at twenty dollars a month, like are you out of your minds? I don't know. I mean, I guess the service is doing all right because they're still running it. But my God, they need to get the price down on that quickly because it's just ridiculous. And honestly, I do think it's like a a look into the future of how games are going to be. I don't think we'll. I mean, game ownership is going out the window. Um, in terms of like free to play, free to play is one way to kind of take ownership away where you have this piece of the game and then you either got to pay for the rest or like unlock it, you know, really slowly. And if the future of gaming is a $20 subscription, a $20 a month subscription service, I don't know how many new games I'll be playing. Cause that's just, that's too much money. That's too much money for what it's offering. But I guess at the same time, if it was $20 a month and I could play, if these were PS4 games, like if I could pay $20 a month and play all the new PS4 games, I would do that. But these aren't. These are PlayStation 3 games. Like it, Especially when last generation, the PlayStation 3 was originally backwards compatible with PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1. And then even more so when you consider that the Xbox, the one thing the Xbox One does better than the PlayStation 3 is backwards compatibility. Like, and it's free. If you want to play an Xbox 360 game on your Xbox One, you just put the disc in, and then you can play it. Or, if it was a digital, you just download it, and you can play it. You don't got to pay anything extra. And Nintendo could take a cue from that, too. Like, it was really frustrating that if you owned digital games on the Wii, you had to pay to get them to be able to play them on the Wii U. Like, you had to pay, like, another 2 or $3, which is just really stupid and annoying and part of why nintendo is doing terrible um and we'll i guess that you know what that that is a good transition into nintendo so let's move on to nintendo uh so the nintendo nx has been god it's been speculated to death we've all been sitting here just waiting to find out what it finally is and then nintendo uh wednesday night gets on twitter and says all right tomorrow we're going to put out the the trailer for the the new nintendo experience and uh, so, first of all, they're calling it the Nintendo Switch, and that's because it is a hybrid system. It's a home console that you can take portable. So basically, it's got this screen. I think it's like a 6.2 inch HD screen. They're saying it's like 720p, and you can dock it at home, and it works as a home console. Or you can take this screen and take it on the go with you. And it's got these little controllers called the Joy-Con, which slide onto the sides of the screen or can be taken off and used either individually. So like, you know, you each have one joystick, four face buttons. So one of the examples in the, in the, the video was Mario Kart. Because Mario Kart, you only need like three buttons. Um, or you can use, they showed a guy on an airplane and he's got his Nintendo Switch with the little kickstand. It has a kickstand with its little kickstand up on the table and he's got the two Joy-Con both sides of the controller in his hands, and he's playing with it wirelessly. Um, it, I mean, it looks pretty cool. I think it's I think it's a good idea, um, but I'm I'm not sold on it in the slightest, like not at all. They in the in the video they showed Skyrim running on this thing, and they didn't show it running on it like they were like, oh, this is real gameplay. Like they showed it in the sense of they digitally added the game being played to the video like it wasn't really running on it right now i don't even believe that skyrim is gonna come out on the nintendo switch 
because Nintendo notoriously has awful third-party support. And they did put up like this huge placard that has all these different third-party companies. And they're like, oh, this is who's supporting the Nintendo Switch. But like, Nintendo, you guys literally did this for the Wii U, and none of those games happened. Like, yeah, you got Splinter Cell. Yeah, you got Arkham City. But like, that was it. Yeah, you got a Darksiders. Whatever. You didn't get anything else. I mean, it was completely... I mean, Nintendo is the only company that put games out on the Wii U, basically. And, I mean, they were some of the best games Nintendo's ever made. But you're not tricking me. Even Bethesda didn't say jack about... I think they, they put out, like, an announcement that said there's no official announcement regarding Skyrim and the Nintendo Switch. And maybe that's because they're waiting to tell you. But I, I don't buy it. I'll believe Skyrim is on the Switch when I see it. Um... So the Nintendo Nintendo also came out and said they're not putting out any more information about the console specs or games until next year, which is one of the dumbest decisions I've ever heard in my life. Why would you announce a console after months of, of just total silence? You announce a console in October, and then you're not going to tell us any more information until January? And this is at the same time that the PlayStation 4 Pro is about to come out in a couple weeks. you got the Xbox One Scorpio coming out next year. And this is your strategy to just be totally silent. It doesn't make any sense. The hype has been through the roof for the uh, Nintendo Switch when it was the NX. A bunch of different websites were saying that it was Nintendo Switch articles content were the highest, most viewed articles on their websites. And they're just going to jump off the hype train and be like, ah, you guys keep pushing this. And actually, their stock dropped 6.8%. Because they, the investors, I guess, said that there really weren't any surprises in the uh, trailer for the console. And since they're not talking about any games, like we don't know what's going to happen with it. So, I'm intrigued by the Nintendo Switch. I'll almost certainly get it, just because I like video games. I get everything because I like video games a lot. And, I mean, Nintendo makes the best games of all time. Like I, Anyone who thinks Nintendo is a kid's company, or that their games are kid's games, you're an idiot, you don't like video games, you just like feeling like an adult. Um, Nintendo is the greatest game developer of all time, I think arguably the greatest media company of all time, they are Walt Disney as far as video games go, And, and it's not close, like there isn't, I think Rockstar is great, but no one is even in the same tier as Nintendo when it comes to game development. So some of the things I think they need to do that will sell me on the console, um, one of the first things that needs to happen, they need a unified account system. I am so sick of not being able to transfer games and data between consoles without having them both. It's really frustrating. Literally every single thing on earth allows you to sign in wherever you are and download to wherever you are. Nintendo doesn't. It ties your digital purchases to the console. It ties them to your 3DS. And it, it's just annoying. It doesn't make any sense. Other than to try to block people from sharing their digital content across consoles. Which, I'll be frank, that's just not a good trade-off. If Nintendo really thinks they're making more money by blocking that sort of thing, then they're out of their minds. Like I don't buy digital Nintendo stuff explicitly because I know 
I'm never going to get to move it over anywhere. And, like, again, for example, moving Wii games to the Wii U, you had to pay, like, $3. What kind of crap is that? It's just they just don't handle digital well, which leads to my next point. They need an actual virtual console, okay? The, the Wii's virtual console was okay. The Wii U's virtual console is, I think, improved, although I don't know that it has as many titles as the Wii did. Um, but they need, like, every single Nintendo game ever made needs to be available to be played on this system at a reasonable price. Super Nintendo games shouldn't cost more than 10 bucks at the most. Honestly, I think Super Nintendo games should cost $5. And that includes Super Mario World, Super Metroid. I think those are some of the best games ever made. They're old as shit. No one's buying them new. Just make them $5. You'll sell a boatload. Uh, GameCube games. Get the GameCube games on there. Let me play F-Zero. You know, let me, let me play Super Mario Sunshine. That would be great. Nintendo 64, just get them on there. Original Nintendo, just get them on there at a reasonable price. And again, with a unified account system so that I know when I purchase it on the Nintendo Switch, I can download it again wherever I want. I mean, PlayStation 4, if you get a game that plays on the Vita and the PS4, you buy it once, you get it on both. Like, I don't understand why that's so hard for Nintendo to start doing. Like, it's just, it, it just screams of ripoff the way they handle their online stuff. And I know they have, like, a, a huge problem with emulation. Like, if it's not emulated perfectly, then they don't want to release it. And I get that. That's part of why Nintendo is so great is because they put that much thought and care. I mean, can you think of a Nintendo game that didn't run well? It's never happened. Like, they just... That's not saying they haven't made games that aren't good, but from a technical standpoint, their games run better than probably anyone else's. So that's one of the things they need to do. Um, another big, 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 big thing, probably the, what I think is one of the, the most important things, um, there's a lot of rumors that they're going to have a Smash Brothers game. It's going to be like a port of the Wii U version, Super Mario Maker, uh, Mario Kart 8, and this is Zelda. Zelda's going to be on there too. So I think it's great that they're going to port those games over. Because the Wii U sold like trash, so nobody nobody bought those games, nobody played those games. Most people have never even seen those games, and they're great. I think Mario Kart 8, that's the best Mario Kart ever made. Super Mario 3D World, and we haven't seen if that's going to get ported, but I think it's one of the best Marios ever made, um, and they should port it. But here's the thing. If they port those games, they need to be less than $60. Even if Mario Kart 8 has all of the the DLC from the Wii U version, which is a lot. They had like f at least four cups. $60 for a game that already came out that I already have. I just don't know how much I'm... I'm just not really trying to spend that money. And it'll, it'll annoy me because I'll want that game. I'll want to be able to play it on the, the Nintendo Switch. But I'm not trying to drop $60 on it. Like, we already did that once two years ago. Just put it out. Put it out at like forty bucks. They'll sell like crazy. You're acknowledging, hey, we know you guys have already played these games, but we want you on our new console. So, so we're gonna make this forty bucks. Same things with uh, with Smash Four. I love Smash Four, and if I get a Nintendo Switch, I mean, I'll almost certainly get Smash Four for it, regardless of the price. But if you could put it out at forty bucks with all the DLC, that would be amazing. Even better is games like Super Mario 3D World. Um, Wind Waker, Super Mario U, 
those are all Nintendo Select games now. So they're $20 brand new. Like that is their brand new price, $20. Put those games, just ap apply that pricing, put them on the, the Nintendo Switch and keep them $20. And I would be, I'd be, I'd be really happy. Like I would, if that's the case, I will almost certainly, I will get it day one. I'll get like six games, man. I'll get like four of the twenty dollar games. I'll get like three of the forty dollar games. I'll buy more games for that thing day one than I've ever bought for a system day one. Will Nintendo do any of that? I, I don't know. Maybe. I doubt it. Um, I do think. I mean, now one of the other rumors is that these are like enhanced ports. I don't know what that means. Like I, I don't understand. I don't know what you can do to enhance Smash Brothers any more than you can, other than adding more new characters. But if you add new characters to the Switch version and don't put them and make them available on the Wii U version, that would be a slap in the face to the entire Wii U community, in my opinion. Because Smash Brothers is one of the best-selling games on Wii U. Everybody has it. I have all the all the characters for it. I would be really, really, really irritated if they put new characters in the Switch version and didn't make them available uh, on the Wii U. Same thing with Mario Kart 8. Depending on what content they add, that stuff should come, I think, to the Wii U version as well. I don't think it will, because they're, they're going to drop all support for the Wii U as quick as they can. They've already cut production on it. Um, they're not making any more of them. They did say they're going to push like 800,000 units into retail this year, but... The Wii, I mean, the Wii U is, is dead. It's going to get a Zelda game, and that is basically a huge, a huge... The only reason they didn't cancel Breath of uh, Breath of Wild or whatever it's called, the new Zelda, is because Nintendo fans, Wii U fans, would have revolted. Like, it is... Zelda on Wii U is basically the biggest, hey, you know what, guys? Thanks for, thanks for buying this console that no one else bought. And we're not going to completely screw you over and abandon you yet. Like, that's what's happening there. And and actually, uh, one of the cool things about the Nintendo Switch is, like, the Zelda game, you can play that on the go. Like, and that'll be tight. But, I don't know. I'm not sold on the uh, on the Nintendo Switch at all. Frankly, I think the Joy-Con controller, which is going to be what's, uh, what's packaged with it at retail, I think it looks really uncomfortable. Like, they're tiny. They're basically... I mean, they almost look like uh, like pizza crust, but even smaller. They they look like like the crappy Bluetooth controllers that you get for cell phones, which I haven't gotten because they look so crappy. Maybe I'm totally wrong. They could end up being the most comfortable things ever made, but right now they don't look comfortable at all. So if I get a Switch, I'll have to get a Pro controller, which I mean that's straight. I'm not really tripping, but like. I don't know. I'm just not sold on it at all. And and honestly, I do think that there's a really big chance that part of why Nintendo isn't discussing the games or anything else about the Wii or about the uh, uh, the Switch is because they have no idea what third party support they're getting. I would be, I would not be surprised at all if Bethesda, uh, EA, 2K told them like, yeah, let's let's wait and see how your announcement goes before we before we commit to. Uh, to putting our games on there because you know nobody's games sold on the Wii except Nintendo. Nobody's games sold on the Wii U except Nintendo. Uh, nobody's games sold on the GameCube except Nintendo. People don't buy Nintendo consoles to play EA games or to play you know 2K6 or I guess 2K16 
um, or to play Call of Duty. They just nobody nobody does that, and that's a major problem they need to overcome. And if they don't get third party support, I personally I don't really care. My Wii U, all I have is Nintendo games for it, and I'm completely content with that. Um, but I, it'll hurt their sales because you're not going to find anyone that's going to get just a, a Nintendo Switch. I mean, you can get just a PS4 and be totally happy and content and play all the games. I doubt that's going to be the case with the Nintendo Switch. I'm open to it. I am excited for it. I'm glad that we finally know what it is so we don't have to have all this speculation and crap anymore. Um, Nintendo's really missing the mark holding out on giving any more information until next year, but uh, I guess that's Nintendo. That's what they do. So, uh, yeah, man, so that basically wraps it up for today. Uh, if you got something you want to hear me talk about, holler at me about it on Twitter, at David Schrader, S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R underscore. And check out the site, DavidHatesEverything.com. Also, big shout-out to the Campus Citizen. That's uh, IUPUI's collegiate student newspaper serving the biggest student body in Indianapolis. Biggest collegiate student body. and I mean, biggest student body in Indianapolis. Love all my people there. So, you know what? Get at me. Deuces.